Warm-ups, not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I care to expand on that. Gosh, woke up feeling real dangerous. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SV Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review because we deserve it. I'm your host, Kami Amrabian, joined today with my co-host, Jack Shields. How are you doing? Not too bad, man. How about yourself? Man, I've been getting over being sick for the past like four days and just i've been taking a lot of antibiotics and today is like the first day i feel pretty good you yeah you've probably been like lightheaded with all the antibiotics haven't you yeah just probably not great for podcasting no just like amoxicillin and you know how how it all goes amoxicillin and you know oh mucinex and you don't feel like messed up, but you're not quite right. Is basically what happens when you take all that stuff. Yeah, I've been it, there, and I've been taking this some stuff called like elderberry, elderberries. You ever heard of them? I th- I think it was in Monty Python. Like you're something smells of elderberries. Like <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I remember like the French guy taunting King Arthur and his uh, his people with that. Yeah, apparently, Something about elderberries. Apparently, elderberries are supposed to like help you get over the flu and the cold and stuff like that. So that's what I've been dealing with the past week. But it's, uh, I mean, other than the thunder stuff just like blowing up, it's yeah, it's not. Been, that was quite a thing. Yeah, I've been really sad. When did you find out about that? I was actually awake at like 1 a.m., I think on July 6th when it happened. I mean, the, fir- the first thing was like, it was like, bloop. And it said, bomb. Everyone in the world has notifications yeah. on their phone. And it says, oh, Kawhi has chosen the Clippers. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I was like, wow, that's NBA's really... NBA's going to be good next that's, year. That's really different. A lot of parody. And then it was like, bloop, Oklahoma City Thunder has traded Paul George to the Clippers for a record-breaking amount of picks and whatever. I was like, I had to reread it. I was like, what? What's going on? And then, of course, the subsequent days after, now we're just waiting for Russ to be traded, so... Full rebuild, baby. But it's not as bad. Like, the team is not as bad next year, without Russ next year, than they were in, like, 2008. Oh, no, they'll be way better than that. I mean, that team was horrible. But, like, uh, I mean, SGA, he's he's going to be pretty good. Yeah, we were. Gallinari can score right away. Yeah, and he's going to, I mean, Gallinari is going to be a trade chip piece oh, yeah, in February. Totally. But, but, like, uh, until then, he'll be kind of we wanted nice. We wanted Nikhil Walker-Alexander or whatever which is his cousin from yeah. Virginia Tech out of the draft, and we just ended up getting SGA instead, which That's is fine. better. So, I mean, he's a 6'6 six, six point guard. Yeah. 7 one's wingspan, plays defense. I mean, the ceiling of a future all-star. I found out about, like, because I was... Like, the NBA is very high on him. Yeah, I was supposed to wake up the next morning at 5 a.m. for work, and so I, you know, like a good, responsible boy, I went to sleep at an early hour, and, you know... Throughout the night, sometimes I'll wake up and I'll sort of check my phone for notifications. I look on there and I see, oh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Yeah. What the fuck? And so I was up at 3 a.m. and did not go back to sleep. I had a coffee right after that. I was like, I'm just going to own this and not, you know, have any sleep before work because there's no chance of me going to sleep. I might as well just be awake and be mad for several hours before going into work. But, uh, yeah, man. And, and, you know, 
Anytime a then the reality set in that Russell Westbrook was probably going to be traded, mm-hmm. which we're still waiting on, but I don't know how I'm going to handle it when that happens. We all know it's happening, but yep. man, like from an emotional standpoint, shh. I'm just ready. I'm I'm ready for it to happen. I'm ready to get hurt again. So it's a sad day to be a Thunder fan <laughs> when yeah. Russ gets traded. But some might not be sad. I, I like that it's happening like on good terms with both parties. Yeah. Like it's happening uh, yeah. amicably. But I mean, and so that's nice. That's like that's nice for his legacy in Oklahoma City and all that stuff. But uh, it's time. Yeah, it's time. It's I time. don't. Ugh. It's time. gonna wreck me when it's officially announced because people kept on saying time to run it back, but I mean running it back is just it's not been working. It's time. Yeah, blow it up and hell, pretty got, good eleven year run. They got a they got a pretty good push. Pretty fun out of decade. It. They got a really good push out of it, and that's without trading Russell Westbrook so far. So we'll see what happens. I mean, looks like Tyler Hero's out of the picture since he just signed today. But he's a weird kid, so that's kind of okay. Yeah. But but anyways, we have a lot of content to bring you guys today regarding. Andrew Rame recommitting back with Oklahoma. Some Big 12 media stuff regarding their rankings of players on the all-conference team and just in general. Some Kennedy Brooks news, summer ball, and some interesting quotes. But Andrew Rame, we've known this for a while. Beast. I mean, there's been some, there was some smoke clouding like, oh, is he going to choose Georgia? Is he going to choose Oklahoma? At the end of the day, a lot of the signs pointed to he's an Oklahoma kid. He was going to stay home. He's six foot five, two eighty five kid. Plays a lot of tackle. Will end up probably playing guard in Bill Beatonbow's system. The number one kid in state, which Oklahoma has hard has had a hard time keeping down for the past like however many years they've gone to Ohio State. I don't know. Don't ask me why. And um, it's good to keep one all to Ohio that. State, one to Michigan, right? Yeah, yeah. So no bueno. Mm-mm. But huge pickup. Ninetieth overall prospect in the nation. Number one. Kid in Oklahoma, number three overall guard. Basically a kid who has like that Creed Humphrey mean streak, plus a little more athleticism. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> so yeah, that's like, going to be good. And you look at him, and he's got a pretty big frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 6'5", and he can fill out a lot more. He's going to be one of those guys that's like Drew Samia. He's going to lose that belly fat. He doesn't have too much belly fat. Mm-hmm. He's going to lose that belly fat, and he's going to be a very lean 300, 315. He's going to be and one of those move. guys with flat stomachs that can move. Like His his feet are quick, and it's just, I mean, a huge pickup for Bill Beanenbow. I can't tell you how, how big a deal that is for the offensive line going forward. It just It's a testament that Oklahoma, they put offensive linemen, duh, into the draft. You just saw that. And they're going to continue to produce the best offensive linemen. Would you consider Bill Beatonbow to be the uh, best position coach in the country? I mean, you you might look in the SEC on the def- defensive end, but I mean, you, for I mean, I know he's technically also an offensive coordinator, yeah. but as far as someone who is in charge of one specific unit, you, you, I can't think of anyone who does a better job than he does nationally. I mean, he is gaining. He already kind of has that Lincoln reputation. Other than Lincoln Riley with quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. He already has that kind of, he's developing that reputation pretty pretty stoutly. And, I mean, it's pretty much known that if you're going to be a big-time offensive lineman, you're going to probably have Oklahoma in the picture as far as regarding recruitment because Bill Beatonbow's there, and he's just churning out guys left and right. It just makes you wonder. He was at Texas Tech, and they were having, you know, pretty decent offensive linemen. Yeah, West Virginia had some good guys, and too. West Virginia as well, and then... You come to a program like Oklahoma, 
and you have guys that are like three, four-star guys. Now they're getting four, five-star guys. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. So huge, huge commit. I mean, we've been waiting on this one for a minute, and the idea was like, there's a lot of smoke between him and Georgia. Georgia's coaching staff didn't know. Oklahoma's coaching staff didn't know. Within the last week, it became pretty clear. Michigan made a little run, too. Michigan they did. posted him on official. And uh, it became clear within the last week that he was going to choose the Sooners over the over the dogs down in Georgia. So good news for Bill Beatonbow and Lincoln Riley. But let's talk about the preseason Big 12 conference list that was released. And we don't have to go over each position because that's a little redundant. But let's talk about offensive player, defensive player, and newcomer. Media voted. They rated Sam Ellinger as the offensive player of the year. Kyler, Kyler Murray. Kenneth Murray as the defensive player of the year, which shocked me. That's wild. I like That's a name recognition move right there. Texas quarterback is offensive player of the year, and Oklahoma linebacker is defensive player of the year. And well, that ain't right. N- newcomer is Jalen Hurts, which I think anybody with the cell in their that, brain that is right. yeah, makes a lot of sense here. Um, looking at just the players in general, do you have any surprises or any names that you thought should have had more consideration? For defensive player of the year, I'd say Caden Stearns would be a good pick. He's who I, I voted think. for. Yeah, I mean, that would be – he's the most talented person on that list. I mean, and then you have – he's playing on a bad team, but a guy like Reggie Walker, who's been really good for a long time. Yeah. Those would be probably the two guys I would take over Kenneth Murray. I mean, Kenneth Murray, he's obviously a talented kid, but hasn't really grasped it in either his freshman or sophomore year. He's he, playing out of position. So, whatever. <laughs> what I think is interesting is on the list that they sent out to us is they gave us three t- three wide receivers and one tight end to plug, it, plug in for whatever we wanted to. Yeah. And when the list comes out, they just put four wide receivers. Because, but listed Calcaterra as a wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, listed Calcaterra So, they essentially, receiver. I mean, he's the tight end slot. And then... On offense, they also listed two running backs and one fullback, and several people listed the fullback. I left it. I left the fullback blank. I bet a lot of people did, and a lot of other people left it blank. And they just—I would be tempted to write in whoever starts for Oklahoma. Yeah, and a lot of people they they penciled in maybe a Trey Sermon, or they penciled in a Kennedy Brooks, or they I, to that slot. I'm thinking they just said screw it and just <laughs> put three running backs in there and the top three running back vote getters. I bet that's what happened because my two were Puka Williams and Kennedy Brooks, and then I didn't list a fullback. And then of course they were Ken, Puka Williams and Kennedy Brooks, and they listed Chuba Hubbard, who's Chuba Hubbard's also deserving. Just He's a running very back. good. So I mean, there's really no surprise here, especially for the receivers. I was thinking, I was like, all right, who are the best? Those are three of the top five receivers in the country. CeeDee Lamb, Tylen Wallace, Jalen Rager. And it makes sense. It was too easy. And offensive line, not going to get into that. Defense, only one sooner on the defense. Does that surprise you? I'm surprised they're... Well, I'm not surprised that Kenneth Murray's on the first team. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, can you think of a guy who's deserving? No. Maybe... Looking at the guys they have on the defensive line, Neville Gallimore doesn't quite deserve it. No. He could end up there at the end of the year, I think. But right. And I think there are now some, probably not. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there are some players here that maybe aren't there right now, but that will definitely be there at the end of the year. I thought 
maybe this is a homer in me. I put Trey Brown in defensive backs. I That's think not a horrible one. I think yeah, he's really he, he good. He was good towards the end of the I year. I think he's really, really good. Um, he needed to play more last year. They wouldn't let him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so They kept go- rolling with Norwood. I mean, gosh. And Norwood's still going to be rolling with him, seems like. It seems like Parnell Motley's a lot of man out. And this is what news out of summer camp is. See, between Motley and Norwood, who do you think deserves to be the odd man out there? I would say Norwood, but I remember oh, well. last I remember last year, Kerry Cook kept on saying Kerry Cooks kept on saying, and I know it's Kerry Cooks, but he kept on saying that Trey Norwood is the most technically sound out of all of them. And if but you he's look, a twig. If you look at the stats, <laughs> he gives up the least amount of yards and long plays, even though he is awful in run support. Awful and run support, and but he's up to like 185 this fall. So huh. who knows? You know, give him a shot. Um, but you know, it's it's a, it's a weird thing because you're probably gonna have Trey Brown. You're gonna have the Trays Brown and Norwood at corners. You're likely gonna have Buki at nickel safety. Delarian Turner, Yale, and Patrick Patrick Fields, Patrick Fields maybe. Yeah. I don't know about Robert Barnes, but he looks like a linebacker. He got really big. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Do you have any? Do you have any maybe second chance guesses or on who you think should be offensive player, or defensive player? Because newcomers an easy selection. That's too easy. Offensive, I wouldn't be surprised. Man, Tylen Wallace could win it. I think. I, I don't know if CD he's going to be dominant. I think. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he's going to have the numbers this this year yeah. in this offense. You have the quarterback. Wallace to get him there. probably will. Mm-hmm. So. He'd be a good one. Kennedy might be a good one. Kennedy would be a good pick. Uh, and what is the justification, do you think, for people selecting Sam Ellinger over maybe Jalen Hurts or somebody well, else? He he is a good player. He really is. I mean, he he's he brings that sort of power running element to the table mm-hmm. that makes Texas sort of tough to defend. I mean, OU obviously had plenty of issues with that last year. but uh, Do you think Tom Herman would rather have Jalen Hurts as his quarterback to run that offense than Sam Ellinger? I don't know. I think it's a better fit. It might be. I yeah. I think you can do more with uh Hertz because he's more he's a better scrambler than Ellinger is. You scrambler, I mean? he's bigger, he's more of a power lifter, he's stronger. Don't know about the arm accuracy. But you don't know about the arm accuracy of Ellinger either. Yeah. I but I'd say they're about the same. It it's not it's not a surprise at all with Ellinger though. I mean yeah. he's he's the most I've Student body left, student body yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, he's a known commodity, too, yeah. which obviously you saw that with Kenneth Murray. That helps a lot yeah. in this And he broke the single-game tackle but... record versus Army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like, what, what was it, Dominique Alexander? He had like 20 tackles against Texas in that 2013 loss. Yeah. And it's OU's like sports information was department <laughs> was sort of hyping this up and like, Obviously, that gets fed to commentators, and they keep hyping it up. Everyone who watched that game oh, you, understood that yeah. Dominique Alexander, who should not have been playing at that point, but had no. to because of injuries, he wasn't big enough at that point. They were dragging him five yards on every play. Yeah. And, oh, there was missing, nothing particularly impressive about that game for him. Oh, he's missing Jordan Phillips, and yeah. that was the big deal. Is because like without Phillips, without that gap in the middle, they were just pounding the crap up the middle, and they're getting right to Dominique Alexander every single play. Jordan Phillips, I mean, you know, oh yeah, yeah, he number was that number eighty, like that big 
big old stopgap right in the that middle. That ended up being a pretty decent OU defense. Could it have did. been a lot better with Jordan Phillips. It was one of the best OU defense. It's been the best OU defense. That was Mike Stoops' best defense of his second act, for yeah, sure. It definitely was. Second would probably be 2015, and then there's a big gap after yeah, that. Yeah, oh gosh, it's so bad. But yeah, 2013, they were number one in the Big 12 in a lot of statistical categories. Yeah, like uh, advanced statistics and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. But, S&P Plus, probably. Moving on to some interesting news. Not that long ago, a few days ago, three, four days ago, I can't remember, the timeline's a little muddy here. OU Insider, we're first, we're first to report this. Yeah, Brandon Drum. Uh, it was a yeah, brand, brand Drum uh, that Kennedy Brooks was missing at practice. And people are like, wait, what? He's not at practice? That's weird. Well, and people, of course, are going to go and, you know, speculate and stuff like that. It went in every direction to the speculation. And did, so. Jason Kersey from The Athletic, he's like, all right, well, he's going to do some digging. And he does do some digging. And yesterday, he kind of breaks a story that, oh, Kennedy Brooks was part of a Title IX investigation that took place. And he was removed essentially from team activities for due process of Title Line to take the Title Line officers to take their uh, investigation. And he, I guess, he worked out at a local high school while this investigation went on, so he wasn't with the team doing team activities. And however, it did rule in his favor. There's no speculation as far as we don't know the facts of the case. Yeah, we don't I know mean, the facts it's... of the case. Like the facts of the case are not as wide open because remember Rodney Anderson. That was because that was a. It was right before yeah. the Rose Bowl, and it was blown wide open. Everybody knew who this person was, who was making accusations against him, and it was, like, wild. And here, you have this investigation going on. It just catches you by surprise because you know nothing other than something happened. It's over. It ruled in Kennedy Brooks' favor, and that's it. Simple. Yeah, it, I mean, with it being a Title IX investigation, you're not going to get as many facts. Yeah. So, and I mean, obviously, like I said, we don't have as many, so we're not going to weigh in on anything like this. So someone being exonerated or cleared doesn't necessarily mean that nothing happened. You know what I mean? So yeah, the whole, what I get upset about is like the victim blaming, like of alleged victims. You get a Mm -hmm. lot of that Mm -hmm. on message boards and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it's, it comes from people who don't know the facts of the case and that's upsetting. So I'm down to just drop this right now, honestly. Like I'm glad Kennedy Brooks is back, but right, that's that. Yeah, it's it's just a really weird kind of tangent of on the off season because you're always hoping in the off season, like okay, nobody do anything dumb, nobody end up in the news, nobody do this. Like that's a, a head coach's thing is don't be in the news for anything. Just you know, just stay away from anything that could be a potentially negative situation. And then, you know, for Oklahoma, it seems like every summer, during the Stoops era at least, something was happening. Yeah. There was like, arrest here, somebody ran from the cops here, Jordan Thomas did it, Baker Mayfield did it. But, I mean, of course, I mean, this was just a very silent thing, and it was over as quickly as it, it was. It was two was days happening. away from being a nothing thing, yeah. because, I mean, if if he had been reinstated before this news broke, no one would know about it. Yeah, because they found out, like, Sunday or Monday. Yeah. And they said he'll be back on campus Wednesday. Yeah. Which is interesting, but yeah. swift. Yeah. So that being said, we're going to move on to some summer ball stuff because there are apparently some vocal leaders breaking out because last year they viewed the coaching staff, they viewed the players on defense as not really having a vocal leader. You know, in Kenneth Murray, 
as a sophomore last year, he, you know, was supposed to take lead, even though he had played as a freshman. Based on, yeah, based on, you know, last year's media days, he seemed like he was going to be the alpha of the defense from what it seemed like. And maybe to a degree that was the case, but obviously it didn't quite work out for the defense. So we'll see what the case is this year. But you would imagine he would still hold that role. Yeah, last year, apparently they saw him more as a lead by example sort of guy Uh and definitely not a vocal leader. Whereas this year... I guess he's like reiterating Alex Grinch and essentially the kind of standard that Alex is holding them to and really just chewing out maybe other players where they may deserve it. And I guess it creates tension sometimes with the players, but it's him being the alpha of the lead of the defense. And that's exactly what a Mike should do. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's, you know, essentially the quarterback of the defense in that position, which is why it was wild that he was, having to start as a true freshman. Gosh. No one should be put in that position, but obviously it was I guess necessary, so. And then And I guess, you know, maybe now he's better for it, but yeah. And he I probably know, still shouldn't be playing Mike, but I, I guess that ship has sailed. Yeah. I can oh, quit it's, rambling it's, about it's it. Sailed. <laughs> yeah. And I know that Alex Grinch is dead set on not necessarily eliminating confidence or not necessarily eliminating swagger but he's dead set on eliminating any sort of ego within the defensive backs. And interesting. It's ego stemming from maybe the Mike Stoops era as far as don't celebrate a pass that you didn't break up or an overthrow, an overthrow or something, or something like, like that. that. Yeah. Like we shouldn't be celebrating something like that until the game was over uh, because we have to look at the tape and he'll say like, as far as, you know, like, oh, you really think you're doing something, let's go turn on the tape from last year and see, you know, what you put on the field then. So he's not trying to he's not trying to eliminate confidence by any means, but he is trying to eliminate any sort of ego that players might have in summer and in camp because to them, to him, they haven't done shit. And he's been he's made that very clear in several of those comments that we'll get to of course, later. Yeah. The uh article from rivals yeah which alan kenny ended up uh weighing in on that situation but and it's just uh i enjoy it i don't know if you enjoy it but it's uh it's definitely something this is part of that you know we talk a lot about the scheme change that's coming with this but as important as anything and this obviously sounds like a cliche but He's here as much to change the culture of the defense as anything. Yeah, and I think that was a bigger. I think that was a bigger issue. Yeah, with the defense. Yeah, you, I mean, you saw how shoddy the tackling was. You, I mean, you, <laughs> you saw people not turning around for balls and stuff like that. Just a lot of basic things. Oh, gosh. Which it seems like he's checking those boxes. Yeah, you're not seeing. If you don't tackle, you're not going to play. For exactly. Him. Yeah, which obviously. That's easier said than done because I would imagine the first few games there are going to be a lot of people missing tackles and he's going to have to keep someone on the field. So, I mean, he can't just bench everyone. Kind of nervous for the first game for Houston, but Mm -hmm. we have plenty of time to speculate for that game. But we got more talk about you guys for Oklahoma Media Day, some quotes from Alex Grinch, some questions, and then some other media polls. But here's a break for our sponsors. All right, well, Oklahoma Media Days coming up. Actually, Big 12 Media Days 
it's going to be on Monday and Tuesday. And Oklahoma and Oklahoma State on the same day. They're on Monday, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's weird that they're on the same day. And Lincoln Riley is bringing Creed Humphrey, uh, Kenneth Murray, CeeDee Lamb, Neville Gallimore, and Nick Basquin. Love it for Nick Basquin. Have to. (laughs) It's it's a surprise. It's a game of which one of these doesn't belong. (laughs) (laughs) See, yeah, if they bring Creed, Kenneth Murray, CeeDee Lamb, and Neville Gallimore... Just four dudes, those four guys, no one bats an eye. Yeah, Everyone's no like, oh, okay. But then there's Nick Basquin. And do you know why I'm pumped for Nick Basquin to come? Why are you pumped? Because in 2017, Cardick, our own Cardick, asked uh, Lincoln Riley, who was in his first year as head coach, who on the team does the best impersonation of him? And without much hesitation, he said Nick Basquin. So you and I are going to ask him to do this impersonation when we see him at Media Days. <laughs> and we're going to have it on Facebook Live. So. Nick's a, Nick's a Norman North prospect, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. So it's, it's, always good for a, it's always good for a hometown kid to play for his school. I mean, he's coming off two torn Achilles, right? Yeah. On different legs. Yeah. It's not the same Achilles. And, I mean, he's going to be... A guy that pretty much is like a Tanner Schaefer that knows the offense like the back of his hand, but also is, you know, he's earned his way from a walk on to a scholarship. Kind of like Miles Tease last year. Yeah. And, and those, I mean, and Nick Basquin a few years before that in 2016, I mean, he was a pretty reliable target in the slot. Yeah. And he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a good interview. But which one of these guys besides Nick Basquin are you most curious to talk to and why? Neville, because of uh you know, there's a lot of storylines with Neville. He's a really athletic kid. Mm-hmm. He's never quite put it together, but now he has a new defensive coordinator and a new system. He has a new body. He's down to like 290. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot to take from his interviews, I think. Plus he's Canadian, which means he's very... Uh, we can ask him about the Canadian bulldozer comment. Yeah. Oh, God. That was horrible. Everybody calls him the Canadian bulldozer. No one calls him what? the Canadian bulldozer. Nobody calls No one. Him. But Canadians are very nice, so. <laughs> and we can ask him about uh, old Creed dogging on him for being Canadian. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that Twitter post. Twitter. That was great. That was funny. You know, I'm really curious to ask Kenneth Murray about the differences in coaching style between Mike Stoops and Alex Grinch. And I and Brian Odom too. Yeah, and to like in Brian Odom to, to 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 Tim Kish, because I feel like it's night and day. I feel like their approach is night and day, especially Brian Odom and Tim Kish. I feel like they coach very differently. And what he likes about that, or what he maybe dislikes about it. I mean, of course, he's not going to say what he dislikes because Alex Grinch will probably be there. But it's just like I'm really curious to see his aspect and his view on it as the Mike, as the leader of the defense, what are the things that have changed and what are the things that maybe are benefiting you? Because I'm, I'm just genuinely curious because CD, it's going to be like... CD, what makes you such a badass? Those yeah. are going to be the questions for CD. Hey, bro, I got like three pictures that I can, that I can actually superimpose on a t-shirt and sell right now because you make the Jumpman logo look so pretty. There, Yeah, stuff like that. Like, you make Creed, your own Jumpman logo. There's going to be some good questions for Creed. Because he's the lone squat? returning starter and stuff like that. He can talk a little bit about that kind of stuff. Who's coming along? You can ask him about the other offensive linemen. 
can ask him about how people are gelling and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And another nice. another in state kid from Shawnee. Yeah. And Creed, I mean, I'm just we didn't really get to know him last year because we had Ben Powers that would just stare through your soul. He was scary. And then Cody Ford is always a good comment. And then Drew Samia, I mean, he never really said much. And then Bobby Evans was kind of self-reserved, to be honest. But, you know, Creed was there. He started halfway through the season, so we just knew he was a really, really good freshman. And we didn't really get much from him. And now that it's essentially his offensive line, we get a lot more things from him, and he's going to have to evolve as a leader this year. But my favorite tweet, responding to the OU graphic of OU is bringing all these guys to Big 12 Media Days. And the first tweet was from a supposed Karen that... Of course. Always a Karen. It's like, in all caps, why isn't Lincoln Riley bringing Jalen? He's the one we want to talk to. Well, you're not talking to him, ma'am, with all due respect. (laughs) Remember when Lincoln Riley... No, it wasn't Lincoln. It was still Bob Stoops. Brought Trevor Knight to Big 12 Media Days. When oh, Baker yeah. Mayfield was, of course, the going to be the starter. Yeah, 2015, I believe. That's was so awkward. <laughs> and I remember, oh my gosh, I remember listening to just like all the sports radio shows and like calling it a charity case. And I was like, oh, this is not good. But Trevor Knight, nonetheless, a great ambassador for the program. And he was a team captain that year, yeah, I believe. Yeah, team, a team captain for that year. Can you believe that? I think Bob just liked to bring his captains. I feel like. Do you think there was a sense of pity there? I have no idea, but I think maybe he just brought him because he knew he was going to be a captain or something like that. But I maybe there was maybe he was throwing him a bone there. I'm not sure, but <laughs> you're supposed that's to be a starter. weird thing to do by yeah. bringing him to media day. That that's not really. And I don't think they had named the quarterbacks. They I, they didn't. I don't think they had named uh, Mayfield the starter at that point. <laughs> it's so awkward. But we all kind of knew he was going to be the starter. Oh, definitely. So, so awkward. But anyways, this is from an Alex Grinch quote, but this is from Alan Kenny's article on Crimson and Cream Machine. So we're going to read both parts. Um, if you guys haven't checked out Alan Kenny's podcast, which is on the Crimson and Cream Machine sort of uh, network, platform, yeah. network, you guys should listen to it. It's really great stuff. Alan does a lot of great things, uh, writing and talking. He's, he just has really good guests all the time. And it's not just Oklahoma Sooners stuff. It's also just college football stuff. So... You know he's got a Kansas State season preview this week. So yeah, that'll he's be cool. just a good talk. He's a good listen, and he's pretty much a good everything. But he says, according to another prep defensive back, defensive coordinator Alex Grinch isn't mincing words about his roster out on the trail. He says, per Joshua Eaton, a four-star cornerback from Aldine, Texas, in an interview with rivals Sam Spiegelman um, on a recent podcast episode. Yes, but this is what Josh Joshua Eaton said apparently. Grinch told me what it is straight up. Oklahoma's hurting a defensive back. They're hurting on defense. Basically, he told me that if there was not one person from the defense that could go to the NFL right now, that's different. That's keeping it real with what's going on. Most coaches trying to feed you different stories, but he's telling me the real. He's showing me the real, and I'm hearing the real. I heard it. Do you think you heard the real? Apparently. (laughs) So... Your thoughts on that quote from Joshua Eaton regarding Alex Grinch? I don't think Alex Grinch necessarily wanted that quote getting out, obviously. But at the same time, it sort of mirrors what you've heard from him 
in press settings and mm-hmm. rumblings you've heard, I'm sure he, for the most part, doesn't mind his players hearing that. I think he wants that to be a motivational tool. So, do you think it is a good motivational tool, though? Because I, I, I think it I, could be. As soon as that quote came out, I was thinking, "Ooh, what is it's the awkward players on the defense thinking right now?" It's definitely awkward, but they know what's up. <laughs> I mean, they've been hearing it all off season. They're probably a little embarrassed right now, but oh well. Do you think you can lose in the locker room with quotes like that? Potentially, but I think I'm guessing that. This is nothing new to their ears. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think I think some people will say, good, they need to hear it, or else they're being soft. Yeah. That's what some people course. will say. Some people will say, like, man, you can really alienate the locker room. That's true, yeah. Um, I think the truth is always somewhere in between. I think the guys that you possibly alienate after a season like last season, or a season before that, or the season before that, where you've kind of wasted potentially two national titles yeah, because of the defense. I mean, if you're really alienated from that and not you're not motivated to get better, um, a lot of people will say, well, okay, nice to know you because you probably shouldn't be in this position anyways if you're not motivated to get better, especially after hearing that. Um, I think it's a good talking point. And, yeah. and I mean, I think it's a good point that if you're not motivated to get better, when Alex Grinch says, bro, like shut the hell up after celebrating an incomplete pass, you did nothing to do that. And if you really have an ego about your status on this team, because nobody has a lockdown spot, probably except Neville Gallimore, right? Probably. Um, and Kenneth Murray. And Kenneth Murray yeah. and, and, and the Staples. But pretty much everybody else in the back four, back five, nobody has a set down spot. And they're letting him know, like, Let's turn the tape from last year. We'll see how good you are. And, of course, you know, being like one of the last ones in pass efficiency, being dead last is not good. But I just thought it was an interesting quote on the recruiting trail. He keeps it real. It reminds me of Dave Chappelle when he would do those skits. When keeping, keeping it, it real goes, goes wrong. wrong. Yeah, Classic. Those are really good skits. The best short-lived <laughs> show of all time. It Only two seasons. Two seasons, and then he took a trip to Africa, and that was it. <laughs> a lot happened there but like uh yeah but now he's back to doing really good stand-up yeah. so that's nice but I, somebody posted this on twitter and i thought it was really interesting they said they posed this question you have to choose one of these four receivers like let's say you you have like a minute left and you're on your own 40 40 yard line or something like that and you need a touchdown and you're going to be thrown to this receiver quite often. You have to choose one of these receivers. Are you choosing Shep, Clayton, Kenny Stills, or Dee Westbrook? I'm trying to think. As far as clutch catches are concerned, can't look much further than Sterling Shepard, honestly. I was Shepard 100%. I, I would, where's Ryan Broyles, though, on this list? Make it a list of five with Ryan yeah, Broyles. That's a good point. People sleep on him so much, it seems like. It's ridiculous. He, he was so good. He played when they weren't... He played in like kind of a dink and dunk era, but yeah. he was such a great route runner. He made great plays on the ball. He did everything well. I, I mean, think the issue is is that he was a he was an underclassman during the 08 season. He was still there. Yeah. And then 9, 10, 11 passed by, and he ended his, he ended his uh, career with the ACL. Yeah, in 11. And... 
he they the, the team never amounted to like a college football playoff or a team never amounted to that 10 team was very good they though. never they never amounted to something huge whereas Shep I mean they went to a college football playoff they did uh, and there was a very popular team with Baker Mayfield Stills they went to no they didn't no no Stills only Stills was on that 2010 team with Broyles which was a very good team yeah but yeah, and then he was there in eleven, which was the letdown year. Then twenty twelve, which was kind of a yeah, kind of a so so year. I mean, you had a technically a share of the yeah. Big Twelve title. He's a very very eccentric looking and outstanding player. Oh, I love yeah, I loved Kenny Stills. He was great. And then of course D.D. Westbrook, same thing. I mean, college football playoff Heisman Trophy ceremony. I'd say D.D. is the best player on that list. You think so? Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, I mean, he only had that one great season, but you saw what he showed in that season. So, I'd take Didi. I mean, he was just so dangerous. I'm still taking Sterling Shepard, Oklahoma City kid. Yeah, Heritage Hall, Derek Shepard. Yep. I mean, I just, I'm just re- we're just rewatched the Tennessee game in Knoxville. And oh, how yeah. many clutch catches exactly he had? He'd be my pick. Uh, yeah, for the most clutch, like for this list, I'm just saying that the best, the best player one. on that list is D.D. Westbrook. That's fair. He's got the speed, and he's making the Jacksonville Jaguars work somehow. Shep, God bless him, is with the Giants. They were not good. No. His future quarterback <laughs> is Daniel Jones, who was a 63 on Madden. Really? Womp womp. Yep, yeah, that's like seventh or eighth among the rookie quarterbacks, Ooh. even though he was like the, what was he, the second rookie quarterback taken? Yeah. Or third? Was he? Second. No, he was taken before Haskins, so he was sec- the second quarterback taken. Because Giants took him early. Oh, God. What a shit show. Yep. Quarterback from Duke. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. I was watching the news the other day. ESPN. They have analysts saying Lincoln Riley is a shoe-in to go to the Dallas Cowboys after this year. They said it made too much sense for Jerry Jones, too much sense for Lincoln Riley. And Jerry Jones has had an affinity in the past for hiring former Oklahoma coaches. Do you think it's inevitable that Lincoln Riley eventually ends up with the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, not necessarily inevitable, but it seems like something that could happen, obviously. I mean, he's a guy who grew up in the state of Texas. That job, you know, obviously would be a big draw for him. But Jerry Jones, not only is he the owner... He's the general manager of the Cowboys. He mm-hmm. makes personnel decisions. How likely do you think it is, you know, someone like Lincoln Riley who needs very specific personnel to run his offense, someone who needs to have a large input in which personnel to bring in, how is that going to work with Jerry Jones? God, and that's that's one of the reasons why that it, it wouldn't it didn't, work. It didn't work with Jimmy Johnson. No. Because Jimmy Johnson was like, you need to stop I mean, it, meddling I mean, it was, yeah, exactly, yeah. And then, yeah, and Jerry that's when he got wanted Barry all the, oh, God. I he mean, Jerry more, wanted all of the credit for all yeah, of that. And God. he got jealous, essentially, and ran, what's his face, out of town. I mean. I've heard that rant from my dad several times, because he's a Cowboys fan. He's like, if he would just let Jimmy Johnson be the coach and knock on Switzer, they would have had three more Super Bowls. And I was like, okay, Dad. He hasn't gotten better through the years, either, yeah. at all. And his son's always, like, constantly, like, rethinking his decisions Ugh. yeah wouldn't but, work I, I wouldn't want to be a part of that but at the same time like i said he's a kid who grew up in texas 
the Dallas Cowboys. That's the job. Mm-hmm. And they'd throw a boatload of money at him, too. More than Oklahoma could throw at him. True. So, we'll see. The speculation will never die. That's all I can say. As long as he's successful. As long as he's successful. And, I mean, you get people who get defensive about it. Saying, oh, he's got the best job in the world here at Oklahoma. He, Why would he want to leave? The Cowboys are the Cowboys. I mean, yeah. I, I, it, it. there are a lot of disadvantages to that gig, as we've just talked about, but... Do you think he has more freedom draw too. with Oklahoma and Joe Castiglione than he would under Jerry Jones? Yeah. God, yeah. Of course. That, see, that's the thing. That's the one thing that would keep him from maybe taking that job. When you're the college coach, you're the CEO, essentially. Yeah. But if he were to leave, how far in the future do you think he makes that decision? I I, I really do think he wants to win a national championship at Oklahoma before do he does too. something like that. I would like to think so. But I mean, I think part of that, I mean, I think the honor of Bob Stoops sort of handing him the job, I think he was humbled by that a little bit, mm-hmm. as would anyone in that situation. But I wouldn't be surprised if he wins, you know, a national championship, which I think he's absolutely capable of doing at Oklahoma once this defensive ship is righted. When he wins a national championship with Spencer Rattler, he's going <laughs> to yeah. ride off into the sunset. I would and and we will thank him for it. I mean, for I mean for bringing Oklahoma to that point. I wouldn't be mad at him if he left after yeah. that. Because I mean, he's sort of modernized the program a little bit. Yeah. Thank God. He's injected new life into the program. People know how to use Twitter. Remember when the coaches first got on Twitter and they left their all their DMs open and Oof. man, that was bad. And it uh, clearly it wasn't Bob and clearly it wasn't Mike tweeting things in those accounts. It was like an assistant. Yeah. And now you can tell Roy Manning's like Roy Manning's like just FaceTiming himself and viewing himself every morning. Odom doesn't really do it too much. Grinch doesn't do it. Lincoln's always out there tweeting. Uh, Gundy's always out there tweeting. <laughs> probably too much. Yeah, probably too much. <laughs> it's pretty funny when he does it, though. Uh, <laughs> Unless and, he's, like, yeah. subtweeting a recruit, then it's not very cool. Yeah. But usually he's pretty funny. Yeah, the pretty act... Definitely the most active one is Roy Manning. Oh, yeah. It's always a good It's always a good one. Oh, and... Ruffin's uh, pretty good, too. Ruffin's... <laughs> God. For as old as he is, the he's last, pretty good. The last tweet I saw of Ruffin was... He was, like, in a mud boat <laughs> in, like, Louisiana. I was like, what is he doing? In... <laughs> Benny Wiley is probably the most active out of anybody. Not with the tweets, but with the Instagram videos, like in the workouts and the team workouts. That makes sense, too, like with the nature of his job with the workouts. You want to show people the workouts. Well, it's Instagram's a good It's like, holy crap, like, if the players just look like Benny Wiley, I'm gonna, I'm cool with that. He That is one muscular dude, but, and again, we've talked about this before. The difference between him and Schmitty is, Schmitty's gonna bulk you up and not create a lot of elasticity in your body. Exactly. And so it's gonna. That be was the complaint for a long big time. Big guys. So that's why you have. What's why you have a bunch of torn ligaments because you're not creating the elasticity. You're not creating a bunch of athletes. You're creating very fast, strong men. And the ideal idea behind Benny Wiley's kind of magic, you might say, or is whatever you want to agenda, is to create functional mobility. There you go. And that is. That's basically the goal. So it's pretty interesting. And that, that goes along with Lincoln Riley's modernization of yeah. the program, wouldn't you say? Like, oh, you are sore? You will not be lifting weights. Yeah. You will be doing yoga instead to 
make more balance. And so players are like are doing yoga. It's pretty cool. Sounds good to me. Downward facing dog for two hours. Not very familiar with yoga poses. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. I, I, I know that one. My like... fiance has a yoga mat, but I, I don't know. Yeah. But whatever. Let's talk about the media poll that was actually released today. And this is just talking about ranking the teams in the Big 12, which but there are only 10 spots, even though it's the Big 12. So that's fun. Oklahoma comes out on top with 68 first-placed votes. And then, of course, Texas was number two with nine first-placed votes. And then Iowa State, number three. Oklahoma State was five. And then your bottom two, the Kansas schools. Purple Kansas and Kansas. And then... You have anything else to add to that, or do you have like any thoughts about that? About the, especially about three to six. I see. That's where the only real variation you would see is because I think seven through ten: Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas State, Kansas. That's pretty yeah straightforward. Oklahoma and Texas being the top two, with Oklahoma being number one. That's pretty vanilla. That that that's mm-hmm. nothing shocking there. Three through six. Iowa State at three, that does make sense. They're returning essentially their entire offensive and defensive front mm-hmm. from last year. And you've got Brock Purdy. Now you're losing Hakeem Butler. You are. And you're losing David Montgomery. But they're but, still going to be very sound defensively. Yes. They're equipped to slow down these offenses to some degree, mm-hmm. obviously. And you Probably st- as well as anyone not named TCU. You still have Matt Campbell. I mean, yeah, and you still have Matt Campbell. He's yeah. the genius. And you're, you're going to be really good at the quarterback position. A guy who can create things with his feet and with his arm. They're going to be pretty damn good. One team that I think is maybe a little underrated, and maybe only by like one spot because I don't really see much to be too shocked about here. But Oklahoma State, I think, mm-hmm. would maybe be my fourth pick instead of fifth. Man, but that's about it. Four through six was so hard to really. You could you could pull one out of a hat at any given day, and Oklahoma State, TCU, and Baylor. One any given day, they can all be better than each other. Yeah, of course. And like so, I think because I voted Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, and then my four through six, it was OSU, TCU, and Baylor. But any given day, I think Baylor could be better than those two. Oh yeah, I mean their offense is going to be phenomenal. Their offense is going to be great. Under Matt Rule, their defense is going to get better. And and but, they're getting more depth now because they obviously had all of that attrition after Bryles. Yeah. And now, uh, you know, Rule's got a bunch of his guys mm-hmm. in there. And he's obviously employs a bit more of an aggressive style than his predecessor. So and I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see what one of his one of his true teams yeah. looks like. And I think it's interesting that TCU is number four in the Big 12 media because didn't they have to cancel a spring game because they had so little depth and everybody else was in, injured? I think they're expecting most of those guys to be back. I think a lot of those were precautionary. That seems like a, I don't know. Granted, (laughs) Gary Patterson doesn't have a history of sitting people who uh, are slightly dinged up. You know what I mean? But I guess he caught some flack over the past two off-seasons for that. So maybe he was being a little cautious this time around. It's just, Baylor has shown life on offense, and they've shown the ability that they're getting better on defense. Oklahoma State, they have not really shown much on defense at all, just like Oklahoma. Granted, Jim Knowles is going to be in his second year as defensive coordinator. Right. I think that defense is going to be better. Plus, that offensive line was so bad last year, mm-hmm. they had a bunch of new guys. Mm-hmm. This year, they'll probably have a bit more consistency up front, so there's that. Yeah, I mean, just, but four through six. And I think they'll be better at quarterback yeah. this year, better than Corndog was. 
You would think, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. And like, Spencer Sanders is probably going to be pretty good. Here are the points, because there's a point total attributed to each team, to four through six. So, on number four is TCU is 474, followed by five Oklahoma State at 460 points, and then at six Baylor, 453 points. So That's a very little gap From there. four to six, only 21 points is separating them. That's yeah. a very small gap. That shows you what people think of that middle-of-the-pack teams. And those middle-of-the-pack teams, they can beat Texas, Iowa State. I'm sure they can beat Oklahoma if they turn the ball over. On a bad day? Yeah, Yeah. sure. And, um, I mean, the Big 12, I mean, even Texas Tech, they don't have a defense, but it's getting better. They don't have a defense. If Bowman is healthy, they're going to be competitive. They're going to be competitive. Hell, they beat OU last year if they have Bowman. Exactly, yes, exactly. There's no question about it. And that's that's the thing, is that, you know, we put Texas at seven, we're kind of forgetting about them, but they can be as competitive as anybody else if Bowman's actually playing. And then West Virginia, uh, gosh, after Holgerson left. They had so much attrition. Lots of attrition on defense. Your Austin Kendall's probably going to be your starting quarterback. I'm not trying to be mean. He he should be fine, but he's not going to have much around him. Right. Everybody left. David Sills, no Bulger. I mean, they've gotten like all American. They've gotten all American offensive linemen. That's it. Not much help for them though. So. Exactly. So I mean, I'm really excited for Big Twelve Media Days coming up. This coming Monday and Tuesday. It's gonna be good. I'm. I mean, I'm getting forward. I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Les Miles too. He's gonna be good. Matt Hatter. So I'm trying to think of. We lost the conference's most boring interview in David Beatty or Beatty. Rats. We, I forgot how to pronounce his name just because he was so boring. Yeah. And now was. you replace him with Les Miles. That's a little bit of juice to your program right there. Les Miles, number two recruiting class in the Big 12 right now. <laughs> but granted, <laughs> is the number two recruiting class like 35th nationally or something like that? I don't that? know. He's got 18 recruits, and they're all three-star kids. Hey, that's but, good for but them. Good, hey. but really, but that's really good for yeah. them. Like they haven't had that many recruits and that high of like of like a status for a <laughs> they while. They had that little mini run uh, recruiting a year ago in the last cycle oh, when, they when they had got... all those four star kids from New Orleans. Yeah, because everyone like, was like, "What?" Yeah, they're like, oh, just, and then just like commit, just commit, a week commit. later, they were gone, except yeah. for one of them. Well, because they pressured them. They're a like, couple of them. They're like, "Just commit. You can decommit." We, like, they just want to give the illusion of some sort of momentum. Yeah, and then it just never happened because it's David Beatty, but. Les Miles rolls up in there with Rick Ross. Now you're working mm-mm. with some stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I, it's just really funny to just talk to OSU people and say, well, Kansas is out recruiting you guys in the Big 12. And, like, honestly, it, <laughs> it's not going to surprise me at all if Kansas finishes higher than OSU because of the way Mike Gundy approaches recruiting. Just throwing it out there. Uh, there might not be much separation between the two. I would agree. If yeah. Oklahoma State has a lead there. I would agree with that. I mean, Texas is like number five or six, but that's because they haven't recruited that many people. Yeah, they're going to... Committed. They'll... Kind of like Alabama was last year. No. They didn't have very many recruits at this stage last year, and they ended up finishing very high. So. Like right now, Oklahoma has like 13 commits. And nationally ranked, they're number 12 right now. And everybody else above them has about 18, exactly, 19. Yeah. So For average stars, Oklahoma's doing quite well. Yes, and so. that's how it's usually been under Lincoln Riley. Yeah. But besides Big 12 Media Day, we're going to drive down there Sunday, I believe. What are your plans for the rest of the week, Friday and Saturday? Tomorrow I'm playing in a scramble. 
which is always fun, with uh, my dad and his golfing buddies. Drink some club, club specials. That would be nice. Club specials are a Oklahoma City treat. I think they were invented at Twin Hills, if I'm not mistaken. Or at least they claim that it was invented there. What's in, what's in a club special? Vodka and a bunch of other stuff. But like, uh, <laughs> so it it's, it's very tasty, yeah. <laughs> it always comes in like a styrofoam cup. Very refreshing. Especially on a really hot day while you're golfing. Oh, of course, yeah. Tomorrow's going to be really hot, too. So. Oh, man. That'll be good. And then, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to media days. We're, our hotel is like right in, because it's at Jerry World this year, and the hotel is like within that larger mm-hmm. complex with the Rangers Stadium and Texas Live and all that kind of stuff. So and I think the Rangers are playing that night on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Might have to check out a Rangers game. Not a bad idea. Not horrible, depending on how hot it is, but we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, for the rest of the week, I'm probably just going to, I don't know. Get things. I'm going to get. Oh, I'm going to get my fingerprints taken tomorrow because for you know because I got a new job uh, in a different school district. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I have to get another background check via fingerprints. Wow. So I uh, I'm gonna go. Hope you've and, been good. Uh, I've been I've been really good. And they the first thing they said to me was, "Oh, you don't have any aliases. That's nice." And I was like, "Wait." How many teachers have that's, aliases that's when they come saying. in? Well, it's because... I Tater guess, salad. I guess it's because <laughs> there are so many women in my profession that... I'm a teacher for those that don't know. There's so many women in my profession that their names change all the time. Oh, of course, yeah. So they, uh, they're like, oh, you don't have any. It's just the same name. I was like, yes, that, why is that weird? And they explained to me. I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. So I'm getting my fingerprints tomorrow. And then I'll probably spend the rest of the time probably thinking of good questions to ask the coaches and other players and writing them down. And Cardick's coming down with us too, oh, so that we'll, we'll, we, we're rolling deep down to Big Twelve Media Days this time. Definitely. And on Monday we'll be podcasting again after we talk to you know Oklahoma and the other guys. We'll be podcasting that probably evening. with Keegan Renault, who Keegan, is now of USA Today. Keegan Renault and Braden Conover from USA Today and Sooners Wire. That's that sort of deal, and so good stuff there. It'll be a four-man podcast, so all hands on deck there. Probably that, that's right our... on the line of too many cooks in the it kitchen. Is, it is. Four, four is good though. If five, uh, uh-uh. five is too many, but four will be fine. So very excited to link up back with those guys. They're real good people, but that's all I have. It's and we say it's a short podcast, but it's been about this an hour. This was a short one. Yeah, next week will be good because we'll be uh, be getting a little drunk when we do it next time, <laughs> won't we? That's my plan. Uh, I plead the fifth. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, you're a teacher. You can't be talking about that kind I of stuff. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. One, two, three, four, fifth. Fifth. All right, you done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we're done. All right, follow us on, follow us on the website, crimsoncreammachine.com. Um, I saw Cardick writing some stuff. I saw Seth writing stuff. Um, Austin's about to come Austin's, out. Yeah, thing. Austin just, I saw Austin have stuff in the draft. Coming back from there's, the dead. Yeah, there's a lot of things in the drafts, a lot of things, a lot of things happening. So just check us out on the website. There's something dropping literally every single day. I can see in the drafts, there's more things to be dropped. Um, you know, everything's brought to you guys by SB Nation. Follow Jack on Twitter at CC Machine or at his personal one if you want to at J Larry Shields. I'm at Booptown RW. Again, we'll be podcasting at Big 12 Media Days. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. It makes it easier to find us, and we'll check you guys later.